Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is Tuesday, June 22nd, and we are flying through the month of June and into the summer. How is your summer starting off, Beth? Uh, fantastic. I love the warm weather. Everything's blooming here in Colorado, and we've been getting outside and up in the mountains. Yeah. Um, last weekend, we camped out in Leadville, and you did your first 14er of the season. It was the tallest peak in Colorado, Mount Albert, one of my favorites. Um, how did that go for you? <laughs> Uh, looking back at it now, it was, uh, I had a really good time, uh, during it, I was kind of struggling a little bit. I think the first one of the year, my lungs just were not as open as I wanted them to be. And it was tough. The first one of the year is always tough. (laughs) It's like the first mountain you climb, the first race of the year. Um, it's all tough. And there's always a little gut check there. And you're always like, okay, this is where my fitness is at. And okay, I've got a little bit of work to do. <laughs> yes, we need to get out there more. Yeah, for sure. And we will. Um, this last weekend, I went out to Leadville and ran the Leadville Marathon, um, which would have gone all right if I hadn't been fighting allergies all week, uh, the week before that. Um, so yeah, I have allergies now and I was down for a couple days this week. That's why I'm, I'm probably sound a little nasally right now. Um, so yeah, that kind of sucked. Yeah. That's new for you, right? Yeah. I, I've never had allergies and I talked to my dad today. We're recording this on father's day. I talked to my dad today and he's like, yeah, it's just part of getting old. Everybody gets allergies when they get old. I'm like, Jeez, I didn't know this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this one. <laughs> it just keeps coming. More surprises as we age. Yeah. So I went out to run, um, you know, quote unquote, just a marathon, you know. And uh, so I'd been sick for a couple days. So I hadn't really done much exercise throughout the week. So I felt a little sluggish and lazy. And um, it was a perfect first race of the year, right? Because Afterwards, I walked away going, okay, I, I, I did okay, um, but I could I could use some work, you know? I mean, I think m- most of it was just from being sick, but I powered through. I got it done. It was fun. It's a cool little marathon. Um, it's uh, challenging. It's a challenging marathon course. You've done it before. I have. You did it last year. Uh, no, it's actually been a couple years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I do remember the course. I know that when we were going up uh, Mosquito Pass, Right? It was crazy wind. It was super cold up there. But the rest of the race was perfect weather. It was beautiful. Uh, had you been up Mosquito Pass before? Nope. First time up Mosquito Pass. Um, I've been, I feel like I've been just about everywhere in Leadville, but I'd never been up there before. So it was beautiful. It was a great climb. Good to see a bunch of other folks out there. Nobody wearing masks. Um, just getting, getting back to it. So it felt good. Um, yeah, my time was a little bit lackluster. I felt pretty decent about it, considering how sick I was um, the week of. I felt pretty good about it. Like, you know, I ran most of it. And then I got home and Beth's like, geez, your time was the same as mine was two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have to say that Adam is like 10 times faster than I am going up stuff. So I couldn't believe that he was close to my time. Like two minutes. I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> I was like, don't take it personal. I know. You're like, whoa, you must have really been on the struggle bus. 
Uh, I didn't feel like I was doing that bad, but I guess I sucked. <laughs> well, that makes me feel good. That means I was pushing it. You were. Doing okay. Yeah, you were. You were. You definitely were. And now I understand why it took you over six hours to do that marathon because <laughs> the marathon's legit. It's stout. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we've got another fascinating guest for you guys this week. Her name is Laura Kaplan, and anyone who was out on the Cocodona 250 course this year knows her affectionately as the Nosebleed Girl. Yes, she was the one you may have seen pictures of. Bloody nose, toilet paper stuffed in her nose, and it didn't slow her down. She completed Cocodona. And then just a few weeks later, you know, for kicks to, uh, I don't know, maybe to help recovery a little bit, she ran another 100 miler. Um, I think she recovers like we all wish we did. There's no way I'd be running a 100 miler a few weeks after Cocodona, but she did it. She's amazing. And uh, she's putting on lots of miles every week here around the Boulder area. And, uh, you know, we chat about it all, how she got into running, how it helps her mental health. And of course, the Cocodona 250. She is coming up in just a minute. Join us on Patreon. Yes, we are now on Patreon. Follow us for exclusive content by following Patreon slash Do Big Things. If you listen to this podcast and you're finding any value here, donate a buck or five or ten. It goes a long way in keeping this podcast alive. I put a lot of work into this and uh, if you have the means, it would mean a lot. If you're listening week after week, wouldn't you buy me a cup of coffee if you saw me? Come on. Come on, friends. By following us on Patreon, you'll get to see some of the the behind-the-scenes action, the B-sides, if you will. If you make a donation, I'll get you a Do Big Things hat or a Big Things Crewing t-shirt. Your choice. Be a part of the tribe for exclusive content. This is where I post it. Patreon slash Do Big Things. We want to thank our sponsors. First and foremost, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S. Their stuff is great at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors, you've got to check their stuff out. Their shorts, socks, shirts, hats have been through the most challenging races in the world and they stand behind their products with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I wore their socks at the Leadville Marathon yesterday, the toe socks, the Exo toes, and uh, they did great. No blisters, no nothing. I felt great wearing them. And uh, when they say their stuff has been through some of the most challenging races in the world, that's actually happening right now. As we record this, the mid state mile is going on right now in Tennessee. And one of their um, ambassadors, Chad Wright is right now. I think he's winning that race. He's out there crushing it. And all the pictures that I've seen, he's been wearing exo shorts the whole time, exo skin shorts. Um, so yeah, if you wear their stuff and you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund. So you have nothing to lose. Check them out. Exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 20% off. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around and he's helping them find even more success. Will's a certified nutritionist, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your fitness to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Maybe you're not an elite athlete, 
and you just want to be healthier and feel better on the day-to-day. Maybe you just need a little guidance, a little push. Contact On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast and he's going to give you 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success. Last but not least, this podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day, not have to worry about driving. You can have a couple at night, not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. I had one after the race. There's nothing like a cold beer after running 25 miles in the mountains. So good. Um, And there's no hangover with this stuff, you guys, because there's no alcohol. Check them out. Athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best NA beer around. Buy two six-packs or more. You don't have to worry about shipping costs either. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. All right, guys, give it up. Put your hands together for the nosebleed girl, Miss Laura Kaplan. Yeah. Um, did you run your uh, Sunita slaps today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Three of them? Yep. Okay, nice. See, I'm starting to to learn your um, routine, so I'm going to have to keep you in check now to make sure you're on point every Tuesday. I know. You should come out and join. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. <laughs> hey, and speaking of which, um, I have a buddy coming from Wisconsin who is interested in running up to Long's Peak and back from Boulder on July 8th. Ooh. Um, so that is uh, a Thursday. So I'm guessing we would start really late Thursday night. Uh-huh. And I'm, I don't know if you work Friday, I'm guessing you probably do, but if you could get Friday off, uh, that's probably the day we're going to be out there. Oh yeah. Like Thursday night to Friday night. Okay. So yeah, you're totally welcome to come with. Um, I've never met this guy. I say he's a buddy. <laughs> um, I've talked to him online a, a bunch of times and, uh, he's friends of friends of mine. I've never actually met him, but he's coming out here with his family for, I think a week. And, you know, he's like, I got to get my wife's permission, but I think I'm going to be able to do this. So um, he and I were talking about it, so I thought I would at least bring it up to you because, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you're totally welcome. So put it on your calendar. All right. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So um, forgive all the redundancy of me asking you the same questions over and over again, but uh, let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, how did you find this crazy world of ultra running? Oh, so um, I dated a guy who was like a cool ultra runner. Um, And um, he was friends with Paul Pomeroy, Mm -hmm. um, who I think, who I believe was the first guy to do the Boulder to Longspeak. Okay. Okay. Um, Epic legend. Like I'm so honored that like, I call him my ultra running mentor. Like he let me join him and pace and crew for him for so many things. And I learned so much. Um, so really, Paul took me in, and um, he's the one who introduced me to the Boulder Trail Runners. Okay. Um, and that was kind of my huge community, and still is. Um, they're my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and met, you know, some awesome, crazy folks, and we've been doing some crazy shit together ever since. Nice. So, I like it. Yeah. Um, so you said Paul was like a mentor to you. What mm-hmm. sort of things did he teach you? What did you learn from him? 
Um, I learned probably grit from him. Hmm. Um, how, do you, I, how do you teach grit? <laughs> well, I mean, just from crewing and pacing so much, okay. I've, I've been there for his Nolan's attempt. I've been there when he did the white rim trail. Um, I've just, I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen him like almost die. Um, and for someone to just be so into something and not let go, no matter the consequences, no matter the, you know, the challenges, um, is an amazing thing to see. Um, and I just, I love his, I love his love for, for challenges. Um, and I mean, he makes up all of the stuff he's done. Like he made up in his head. It wasn't just like he stole it from somebody else. Cause I'll admit, like, I mean, all my long run routes, like I steal off of Strava and yeah, stuff like that. So sure. like, he doesn't do that. He just is like, Oh, I'm just going to go do this. And he nice. just makes it up on his own. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, um, it's just, I mean, he's shared so many stories and, um, yeah, he's an, a really amazing person. If you get the chance, if, I don't know if you've met him, but he's no, I know the name. I don't think I have met him. Um, I've heard a few people talking about him, so I got to get this guy on the show and I got to, I got to meet this you guy. Should. Totally. Yeah. Um, hook me up with that. If you can, I'd love to have him on the show. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the first guy to do the, the FKT, the Coco Pelly trail. I think he still has FKT on, I don't know if it's the SN or descent. He had it both, but now one of them has been broken, but of Sanitas. Okay. Um, he has the, still has the standing record for like as many laps on Sanitas. Wow. Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but he's, yeah. he's, and he's a very humble, humble guy. Um, and he has a lot, to, he has a lot to share. So yeah, cool. Isn't that funny how the most badass ultra runners are really laid back and humble and, yeah. uh, it's hard to yeah. get anything out of them because they don't want to talk about themselves. You yeah. know, it's like, tell me all the badass things you've done. And they're like, eh, you know, I did this adventure. I almost died. It was no big deal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, you got to pull stuff out of them because uh, yeah, once you, once you get to that level, I think there's just a, a big level of humility that comes with it. Like uh, you just get a, a different glimpse of the world and realize how small you are maybe. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but you've been running your whole life though, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I hit it pretty hard starting as early as 11 years old. <laughs> um, what, a, what, is, what does it look like for an 11 year old to hit it hard? Well, I, um, I got recruited by my high school team, by the high school team when I was um, in middle school. Mm. Um, and we just like immediately, we became one of the top teams in the nation, but that was like, that involved a lot of heavy training and a lot of um, competitive uh, races uh, year round. And um, that was also, I mean, that was a huge part of the beginning of, you know, how this all started. Um, and um, I mean, my high school team was like my family. And um, unfortunately I didn't have a great experience in college running, um, but I've heard that's common. Um, what was your experience? Um, so like I said, I went from like my team being my family and, you know, everything was about doing this together, Mm -hmm. um, to in college, it was very competitive to the point where like every single run, every single day was a race. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a lot of heavy, like eating disorders. Um, and I couldn't be around that. That was just like, 
it just wasn't something I wanted to be a part of and it wasn't worth it to me. Yeah. Um, my coach was pretty hard. Um, it just, it just became something that was, it became unfun. And as soon as something becomes unfun for me, I back out because life is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be like serious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so even at that age, you had the sort of wherewithal to like, say, this is a sort of unhealthy environment for me. I don't want to be here. Exactly. Um, I mean, there was a hint of it in high school. Um, so I I knew I saw the red flags, Mm -hmm. um, and I had this chance to come out to Boulder. I was actually studying abroad in Africa before I came out to Boulder. (laughs) I really wanted to stay in Africa, but, um, I was a poor college student, so I couldn't just be like, "Eh, I'm just going to leave my deposit there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, I came out to Boulder. Um, I mean, as much as I did not enjoy my college experience, like it brought me out to Boulder. Um, and I pretty much, um, have been here ever since. I mean, I lived in South Dakota for like five months, but other than that, like I fell in love and, um, I'm here and I still love it very much. Yeah. Boulder's the best. Like I don't get sick of it. Um, if we go on vacation somewhere, like we go out to Moab or, you know, somewhere else, the Western plain of, uh, Colorado, uh, it's like, I just want to get home. I just want to get back to Boulder. Like those are my trails. That's we've got some world-class trails, I think, when it comes to trail running and, and the training we can do here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why yeah. did you, why did you choose Boulder? Um, so, so it's funny, my high school team, we all went up to different colleges to run. But then every year, um, the seniors from high school would put together that they would come to Boulder for the summer to train in the altitude. Um, but it was those seniors, senior year in high, uh, high school, in college, so it was my last chance to come and train with them. So I was like, okay, I got to go. Um, so I came. Um, I actually came off an injury of in my sophomore year. I like actually um, fractured the hip of my femur or the, no, mm. the neck of my femur. Whoa. And I, I had to swim in the pool for eight to 10 hours a day. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was coming off an injury, came to Boulder, um, just fell in love with it. Uh, and I was either going to go back home for a year or stay. And I was like, oh, I'm staying. Yeah. Yeah. So, why, why did you have to swim in the pool for eight to 10 hours a day? What was going on there? Because I, I didn't want to lose my fitness. Okay. And my coach is like, so he was like, we'll go run in the pool. So there it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, okay. So, um, through a couple friends, you, you kind of discovered ultra running and then you just dove right into it. Right. I mean, was there any hesitation on your part? Like maybe I should study up on these races or maybe I should do some big practice runs that are almost as big as those races or how did it look for you? Oh no. I mean, I think I mentioned before, I I was actually doing a lot of single speed, uh, cross training on my bike. Um, cause my first ultra was the never summer loved it um and i mean i was hooked once i did never summer i was like that was it i was all in what hooked Um, you in oh my god have you done never summer i haven't no it's it is so insanely beautiful it's still one of my favorite races to this day um it's just yeah it was insanely beautiful it was very challenging um and i think the camaraderie like that was when i realized like i mean coming from college running and then yeah. to this camaraderie of like, we're all going to get up this diamond peak where like your 
basically about to fall backwards. It's so steep. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was so cool that everyone was in this together and helping each other and like just sharing this. It was a shared experience. It wasn't like who's going to win. It was like, how can we enjoy this together and yeah. how can we optimize that? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's how my first ultra was. Like, you know, I come, I did, I dabbled around in triathlon for a while, and I would go to these races, even like Ironman distance races, and not talk to anybody like all day at the yeah. race. And everyone's so focused on themselves, you know. And wow. then when I did my first ultra, my first ultra was a 38 mile fun run at night, and I made like eight new best friends that are still right. best friends with me till till today, you know. So. Yeah it was just a completely different world. And I'm like, okay, the, these are my people. This makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and most recently, well, not, no, not most recently, two races ago, right? You did Cocodona. You haven't done a yeah. race since I talked to you last, have you? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised. Okay. So you took a week off from racing. It's pretty incredible. And to anybody listening, um, Laura did the Cocodona 250. And then it was one week later, right? Was or was it or was it two weeks later you did a hundred miler? No, I think it was exactly a month later. Oh, is that it's long? Maybe okay. three weeks. Okay, okay. But that's crazy. Like, um, I mean, I'm an ultra runner. Ultra runners listen to this, but I gotta ask you, like, what what are you thinking? Why are you so crazy? What's going on? <laughs> um I don't know. I mean, I, I well, I didn't taper. I signed up the Tuesday before the race. Um, honestly, like my, all my friends were out of town, um, and I just needed something to do. I mean, yeah, I could have gone and done a long run, but, um, I friend said, Hey, you should come to Mesa's Mesa's hideout, which I wanted to do, I think last year, but COVID had prevented that. Um, but I don't know, like what's better than going up in the mountains and spending a weekend up in the mountains. Yeah, totally. No, I agree a hundred percent, but um, after a 250 mile effort, I think my legs would be pretty torched for a oh, good that, month that. or so. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I feel like I recovered pretty well. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I did learn from Mesa's hideout that my back is not recovered, nor is my nose. Um, but we're going to work on that. Okay. <laughs> so you had a bloody nose at the hundred too. I did the RD. Um, I, I have to say this cause I just think it's funny. Um, the RD had to, um, what are they called? Um, not motorcycle, but what's dirt bike. He had a dirt yeah. bike up the trail and give me ice for my nose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In the middle of the night. <laughs> That's a good race director. Yeah. He's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, so I met this race director at Cocodona. Oh. He was pacing, um, this guy named Lynn, who was also at Mason's hideout. Okay. Um, oh. And so that RD is nuts, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, so when you signed up for Cocodona, what were you thinking? Had you ever done a 200 miler before? Where was your head at? Did you know what you were getting yourself into? 
No. Um, no, I've never done a 200 mile before. I wanted to, but I was, I wanted to get more hundreds underneath my belt and feel more comfortable and confident. Okay. Um, and then a friend had sent me like the, the little, like, it's a very short video, but it was like a two minute video race preview with a video um, that he sent out like a year in advance. Um, and I was, I like literally signed up right away. Nice. Um, but no, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had asked a lot of people. I reached out to a lot of people for, you know, information. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done a bunch of hundreds. I'm doing my first 200 coming up this summer. Um, sangre, Sangre de Cristo 200. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, so yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that. But what did your training look like going up to Coca Dona? Do you feel like you trained properly for it? Or was it just like bits and pieces of training in between work and juggling life? Or what, what was it like for you? Um, I do have to say, I feel like I was pretty well trained for it. I was doing back to backs every weekend. I mean, for like a whole a full year. Okay. Um, How far? Um, so I did at least once or twice a month. I was doing a 50 miler on a Saturday and a 50 K on a Sunday. Whoa. Um, otherwise if I wasn't doing a 50 miler, then it was like back to back 50 Ks. Yep. Um, and then I would get, you know, anywhere between 70 to hundred miles a week. And I typically get about 20 to 30,000 feet of gain a week. Mm. Um, and I did some pretty big efforts that had a lot of gain in it. Um, so I think that was really helpful. I did a lot of hundreds last year or within the last year. Um, I think that's what helped me with like, feel, kind of feeling like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, How many hundreds like, did you do within the last year? Um, at, least, at least five or six. Whoa. Okay. In one year. Were they all organized events or were they like COVID sort of self-support? COVID DIYs, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which really helped because, I mean, honestly, they're harder because you have to carry more. Yeah. Um, and you just have to plan a lot more. For sure. Um, and yeah, you go, I think you definitely have like, I think I, and like a lot of my long runs and stuff, I think I learned, I think what helped was like, if I ran out of water, I mean, I think that helped with Coca Dona. It was like, I could get through a long time without water because I had experienced plenty of that before or like food. Um, but, and I just did like a lot of like bigger events stuff that maybe weren't hundred milers, but just like bigger, different kind of events. Okay. Like what? I know you did the LA freeway, which is no joke. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, what other sort of big adventures did you get up to over the last year? Yeah. So LA freeway, I think was, probably my number one thing I would say would help attribute to like, because it was a multi-day yeah, um, and probably, you know, and obviously very, very challenging. So I think that was very helpful. Um, but Everstein, when I did my Everstein of Sanitas, um, I think that was more of like a confidence boost, like knowing I can do that much gain um, just over a day, you know? How many trips around Sanitas was that? Uh, 23 laps. In 24 hours? No, 30 hours, 30 hours. Okay. Got it. Wow. That's legit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, (coughs) excuse me. 
I'm fighting allergies. So I'm, I apologize. And I'm on allergy medicine too. So if I'm a little wonky, I apologize. <laughs> um, so do you prefer like the, um, self-supported DIY type adventures or do you prefer races if you had to choose? That's tough because I do like setting up my own challenge and creating it. Um, there's definitely like a fun factor of that. But for example, um, I still can't stop thinking about Mesa's hideout because I mean, yes, it was very challenging, but I ran like 80 miles that, of that with um, an acquaintance of mine. I mean, obviously now a friend, but his name is Alex. I met him through a friend. Um, I mean, we ran 80 miles together and had literally the time of our lives. Mm. Like I, he made a little video. It was so cute, but like, I can't stop thinking about that. Um, and the thing about DIY projects, um, Everesting, I, like I had people come, but it wasn't like someone did it with me the entire time. Okay. Um, LA freeway. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was definitely like the experience of my life. And I will never forget that. Um, that's probably still my top number one experience. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it's the experiences that you get to spend the entire time with one or a few people. I think that's what makes it. It's not even the scenery. It's just like that, again, that shared experience. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you seem really easy to get along with. Um, have you ever been out on big, big, long day, multi-day adventures with someone that you didn't get along with? No. (laughs) Never. Okay, good. I, 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 it's hard for me not to get along with people. Like I, I mean, there's people maybe I don't like as much. Yeah. Um, but no, cause either people are just really quiet and I, that's like a challenge for me. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to crack you. <laughs> you talking. I want to hear your life story. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be quiet. This is not how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, not really. I mean, I can't, I can't really think of like, even if, even if there was somebody I like, wasn't like into, I just turn the situation around and I'm like, yeah, you just, you just, you enjoy it and you make it, you, you make it what you want. You know what I mean? Like, what is that called? You make life as you want it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. Right. Something like that anyways. I don't know. (laughs) Um, okay. So Tell me about Cocodona. Um, I know that you were out on the course for a while, um, but it's 250 miles and it's way harder than anyone anticipated. Um, Based on all the reports I've heard and read and people I've talked to, like the first 30 miles was like a death march through the, through the, the heat. Everybody was running out of water. Um, What was your experience? I keep thinking about that because I actually didn't mind the first 30 miles. Like I, I, for somehow, somehow I did. Okay. Um, I, I didn't run out of water literally till I got to the aid station. Um, I obviously enjoy climbing. So I was all about the climb. Um, uh, I had, I had fun. I mean, it was hot. I do remember it being hot. Um, and it wasn't less climb. I do remember the train being really hard. But like, to be honest, I, maybe just because I was fresh, that first part to me was like the easiest part of the whole thing. Okay, good. Um, and I didn't even realize the carnage until I heard the stories afterwards. Okay. okay. Um, except for like when I somehow caught up, like Ben Light caught up to me, like when I left that first crew accessible aid station, uh-huh. 
And all of a sudden there's been light. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. how did I catch up to you? <laughs> um, so that was, that was really cool. But, um, but yeah, to me, that was, it really wasn't bad for me. I do feel bad for everybody. Um, I, I heard, it, I heard it was pretty bad. Yeah. Did you come in fully tapered? I did. Yeah. Okay. So what, what did your taper look like before this? Um, so I tapered, I called it a two week taper. Okay. Um, so the first week of my two week taper, I did probably about, a, honestly, I think I did like a quarter of what I would normally do. And then I ended up doing, so then the second week, this is going to seem weird, but I did like for the first, for the first three days, I did probably about half of what I would normally do. Mm-hmm. And then I just didn't run for four days. Oh. Um, so that may sound weird, but that's what I did. Four days before the race, you didn't run. Mm-mm. Okay, got it. Okay, um, so the first thirty miles was a breeze for you. You just blew by everybody, made them look like sissies. <laughs> didn't run out of water. <laughs> it was just another easy day for Laura. Um, how was it after that? When did it start getting tough? Yeah, so um, I did have a little trouble in the night section. Um, th- it was just like, it was crazy. It was just like this downhill, steep, loose. And then like, it was either steep and loose downhill or steep and loose uphill. And there was mm. like these gates where it took two people to close. Um, and I thankfully ran into pretty much the, my, um, my, the group that I started with, cause we started waves. Mm. Um, and then we all kind of all stuck together and I made friends. Um, but I was definitely like, slowing down a lot until I met that group at nighttime. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm like notoriously bad at night. Um, oh, okay. But like, can't stay awake or what, what usually suffers? Um, it's just like, it's just dark. So I'm just, I just like shut down. I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it really is mentally because it's physically I'm fine. As mm-hmm. soon as the sun comes up, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah. It's just like, oh, the lights are out. So, you know, what's the point of keeping moving, you know? Um, Do you listen to music or audiobooks or anything while you're out there? Yeah. So normally, normally music does help. Um, but you know, after a hard day like that, like that was, cause I think at that point we had done 16,000 feet of gain, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it was well over 40 miles. I don't even remember how many miles that I was. It might've mm-hmm. been 50. I can't even remember, which isn't that much mileage wise, but I think the gain, and the heat had caught yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and I think I was moving pretty decently. Um, but that, that caught up. Um, and then I was fine. I, the problem was I, I couldn't sleep at, I forget, was it Lane Mountain? I don't remember what age station it was. It was the second crew accessible station um, where most people slept. But I, I, I tried, but I couldn't. Okay. Um, so... I decided just to keep going. I tried for like 20 minutes and then I was like, Hey, let's go. Yeah. Um, so I think that's when I ran into Prescott. Okay. Um, and I think that's when I realized my back was hurting. Um, so I, I, uh, doused up on icy hot mm. and then I was fine. Um, and that's when like, I made a friend, um, and we like ended up running like about a hundred miles together. Wow. Um, but the problem was 
the, my back pain and really becoming a problem on the climb up Mingus Mountain um, because he he started just like bolt up Mingus Mountain and I was okay for half of it, but then the back pain really really came in. Mm. Um, so then it was like for the rest of the race, I had like chronic back pain. Um, and all we could do was just like icy hot it and massage it. Um, and, and then, um, and the heat was, the heat definitely got worse and worse. Um, I just remember, so the section, was it lime, the lime kiln trail? I think that was the section after where uh, Michael McKnight went to the hospital for heat stroke. Yep. Um, so I made it. I made it fine through there. Um, but then it wasn't. It was like two miles in after that where the bloody nose thing happened. Okay. And this guy comes running up. I think he was just like a local, or maybe he was just a friend of a crew. I don't know. He's like, "Did you know your nose is bleeding?" And I was really trying my best, you know, not <laughs> to be really nice, but I, all I could do is nod. Yeah. And he's like, you should put a tampon up that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I don't have a tampon. I don't just carry tampons on me. Right. Um, and there, but there was nothing we could do except for like, keep going. Um, but it only got worse. And then it was like, not just one bloody nose. It was like literally a bloody nose. It was both nostrils were just bleeding constantly. Like, <laughs> a waterfall. Yep. Um, I went through all my toilet paper. We started using, um, I, I did have a pacer with me. We started using um, like buffs. Okay. The buffs weren't working. Um, and it wasn't too bad. So it's funny because I think that was when, not too soon after one of the photographers got a picture of me. Um, and at that point it wasn't like, serious enough that we were concerned or he didn't seem concerned okay. he got his picture yeah. um but then like but then shortly after that it just got worse and worse and worse um but thankfully there was like a i think it was a 12 mile section maybe longer than that but there was like a road crossing in between um so finally when we got to that road crossing because i really we, oh it's like a water stop we thought maybe there would be someone there and they could help me, um, but there wasn't. So my pacer called the medic. Um, and I really, at this point, was like, didn't want to stop because I was like, I was really worried. I was like, going to get really behind. Sure. Um, but the medics came and I think it, well, it took like, it could have taken like 20 to 40 minutes. Um, but he iced my nose um, and we had to ice it for 20 minutes. And then he pulled like this, like this worm, this blood worm that just went for like feet out of my nose. And he just threw it, you know, threw it off to the road. No big deal. Okay. So <laughs> he pulled the blood worm out of your nose that were, that was feet long. Feet long. Yeah. So like how many feet are we talking about? At least two feet. At least two feet. A blood yeah. worm that came out of your nose. It was at least two feet. And yeah. he threw it in the road. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to picture this. I just want to make sure I got the story right. It's not, it's, it's beautiful. This is ultra running at its finest. This is what people want to hear. <laughs> um, so did it stop bleeding after that? Yes. Every now and then it would start a little bit. Okay. Um, but 
but then like the course just got worse like that was when the airplane when airplane loop was after that i don't know if, it, if you've heard much about the airplane loop yep. but it's death uh-huh. um and but then i had pizza and i slept at the next aid station that was huge um and then the next section was like sedona and i think i was doing okay um I met this guy named Thomas. I called him Thomas the Train. All my friends I made nicknames for, by the way. Okay. Um, this guy was Thomas the Train. He is quite the character. Um, but we just like cruised along. Um, and actually everything was going okay until, let's see, that was after the heat, the hot section. Um, sorry, I'm trying to remember now. Um, I really think it was just like until Friday, like, yeah, that till Friday was when the sleep deprivation really kicked in. And I think that was the pain cave. So it was like chronic back pain, my nose bleed. And then now it was like sleep deprivation. Okay. Um, and I felt like my body was going to break. Like my hips were really going to break. Mm. I was like, this isn't healthy. Who does this? Why am right. I doing this? I'm right. never doing this again. <laughs> right. Um, had a couple of temper tantrums, you know. <coughs> oh, I yelled at I um I yelled at my crew because they wouldn't give me sleeping pills. Oh, not sleeping pills. Um, caffeine pills. Okay. Okay. That, that was a good one. That was a funny one. How many people did you have out there for crew and pacers? And I think uh, we have a mutual friend that paced you for a while, Vanessa. Yeah. Cool. Cool. My crew lead. Oh my god, yes, I couldn't okay. I couldn't have completed this thing without them. They're right. they're rock stars. Cool. Um, How many people? I had four, four people. And then like a couple of them had their wives there, but it was four main people. Okay. Okay. And did you use them all as pacers as well? I did. Yeah. Okay. So they were all just kind of trading off. Yeah. How long did Vanessa pace you? I think she did two or three sections. I want to say. Okay. Nice. Um, Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, back to the bloody nose. Did, did it ever get better or were you just bloody nose girl the entire race? Because from what I also, from what I hear, I think word kind of got out about you being the bloody nose girl. Like people were, you know, talking about you at aid stations and stuff and the bloody nose girl was here and blah, blah, blah. So did it get better or did it get worse throughout the race? I think it, I think it got better. Um, I mean, I think it would start up a little bit again every now and then. So I was just like constantly dirty. And I think people wanted to clean me up, but I was like, I'm already dirty. Don't why, why clean up? Like there's no point. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think, I think more than anything, I think people were just worried, um, which is nice, but, um, so how long did you have a tampon up your nose? Um, well, we never did put a tampon on my nose. Oh, you didn't. Okay. No. Okay. Um, cause once, once they iced my nose, it was okay. Every now and then I just had to put like paper towels up my nose. Oh, I had to put Vaseline up my nose. Okay. So that was weird. Nope. I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well that cuts but, down on your breathing too. If your nose is all bloody and clogged up and you got paper towels up your nose, you can't breathe out of your nose either. So you're strictly mouth breathing. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, makes, you know, makes a 250 mile race just tougher than it needs to be. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, so you brought us into Friday. Um, what day of, I'm trying to remember what day the race started. How many days in was that for you? 
Uh, Friday would be five days in. It started Monday. Wow. Okay. And how much did you slept up till then? Um, well, total, I slept eight hours. Okay. Um, I think mostly I did two hours at a time. Okay. I took maybe two 10 minute trail naps. Um, do you feel like that was enough? No, if I, I should have slept more. Really? I think I would have moved faster. Okay. There were two sections where I was just like a zombie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Vanessa was pacing me for one of those. I I mean, I was just, yeah, I was a walking, I was the walking dead. Nice. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, hallucinations. No, I'm so disappointed. Okay. You know, I hear about these hallucinations, like, especially the ones from Courtney Dualter. Like, I got all excited. I was like, oh, what am I going to hallucinate about? Nope. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Have you ever had hallucinations on trail runs? I have. Okay. So I'm you have in the past. Too. <laughs> okay. Well, it's surprising you didn't uh, over uh, the course of five days. That's uh, pretty surprising. Okay. Um, what is your favorite hallucination you've had so far? Ooh. Um... I don't know why. I mean, I haven't had that many, but for some reason it was really funny. I was doing this DIY. Um, have you heard of the, uh, what was that one in December? Um, it was, it's the Rocky Mount. It's the RMR 100. Um, it's like oh, the Boulder. The Boulder Badass. Yeah. 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 I did that. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, I was, I had a friend with me, um, and I was coming around the reservoir and for some reason, like I saw these solar panels, um, like I think on the benches or something, and I was like, or was it solar panels? I don't know. I, I, might, I just remember seeing something and it was very out of place. And I just remember my friend being like, no, you're, you're seeing things like that's not <laughs> Yeah. And so I just thought it was hilarious. Cause that was probably like truly my first time really having like hallucinations yeah okay um but um yeah i mean nothing exciting like nothing yeah nothing sure sure okay um what was the end of the race like for you um at at any point did it get better did did you start running into the finish um what did it look like for you so funny enough um that last aid station i mean we knew I was going to make it. It was just going to be deathly slow. Yeah. Um, well, that's how it started. And then, um, so this girl, Courtney Boyle, who I made friends with, we had a mutual friend. So we knew about each other and we met each other at the beginning of the race. She like flies by me. I mean, she stops to talk to me for a second. She's like, we're like, Hey, how's it going? Cause mid race, we actually texted each other. She texted me and she's like, how you doing? Are you still in? So I was like, yeah, are you still in? And she's like, yeah. So we caught up to each other and she's like, your tattoo helped me so much. Thank you so much. And then she just like goes off. And I'm like, oh yeah, my tattoo. Like, what the fuck am I doing? So I start chasing her and we just start going. We're just like, my, my, my I think my pacer was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we just start like going and we're us two ladies are just like passing people. Like it was insane. Wow. Um, and eventually she had way too, way more energy than I did. Um, so, and then my back started to hurt. Um, so I had to like, slow, I had to slow down, but, um, but I, we got to the Mount Eldon climb and it's very much like Sunitas, to be honest. It's a bit, it's a bit harder. It's I mean, it's a bit more elevation gain, but the trail is very 
similar to Mount Sanitas. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'm in my element. Cause yeah. like we hadn't climbed, I felt like in a while, it seemed like, I think. Um, so like, as soon as we got to the climbing, I was like, yes. So I, I was cruising, like mm. I put my music on and we just like killed it. Nice. Um, yeah, I got to the top of Mount Eldon. I took a whiskey shot. Um, and then I thought I was going to be able to like pound the downhill because uh-huh. it was like eight miles of downhill to the finish. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> I ended up taking a trail nap, trail nap, like instead of just on the gravel road where it was like flat, yeah. I went and slept on a bunch of rocks. Don't ask me why. There's a picture <laughs> of it. Um, I was like, yeah, this is a great spot. I'm just nap right, right here on these rocks. Yeah, for sure. Why not? That's comfy. Yeah, I ended up, um, I probably could have ran the last eight miles, but since I knew I was going to make it, I'll be honest, I just like walked in. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So. Um, was it emotional at all at the finish? Like I've had races where sometimes I'm emotional at the finish and I'm like holding back tears. And then other moments where I'm like, I have no emotion left in my body and I'm just like completely blank at the finish line. Um, what was it like for you? Um, well, Julie, who was, I think she was the RD for, did you hear the limitless challenge they did last year? Uh, I don't know. What was that? Limitless? Um, It was a virtual challenge. Um, there was like maybe 10 different challenges starting from like a thousand feet to a double Everest. Okay. Um, and you could do it anywhere, anytime, as long as you logged the, however, like I ended up doing the double Everest. Wow. Um, and you had a week to do it. Okay. Um, and she was the RD for that. And I, I met her during the race. She was at one of the aid stations and I, tre- I, I was like, so excited to meet her. Cause I was like, Oh my God, you're Julie. Um, so she, she was the one who gave me my medal or gave me my buckle and congratulated me. Um, and, and then my friends who I had run with during the race, uh, like some of them that got ahead of me, um, they came and they came to the finish to see me finish. And like, I think that was like super heartwarming. Um, So um, yeah, I apparently, I guess I had a lot of energy. Um, And then my, you know, I watched my friends finish. Um, It was very weird. It was, it was weird to be done. I think, Um, I think I'm still dealing with that. Like it's, it's weird. Not, I think that's why I did the hundred mile race. Cause I was like, you're so used to just going at it day in, day out. Like, I, it's hard to come back to reality and be like, Oh, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you find that running is like an escape for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something you worry about or think about, or do you just fully accept that as like, yeah, sometimes I got to check out, I'm going to go for a long run. Um, well actually to to really answer your question, I, I think it, started out and used to be an escape and now it's just become such a passion of mine that like I just truly love being outdoors so much that like I could literally be outdoors 24 7 yeah um and I do I do like it as a release from work like I work super early so I can't run before work but I do like I, I can't I'm not the type where I'm like okay yeah I should probably rest after like a big weekend or something or my hundred miler or my two fifty, but like I don't want to just go home after work. That's boring. <laughs> I gotta get outside, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, I do worry that like because I 
I'm able to keep going for so long. And I love it so much that like, I don't want to injure myself and I don't want to overdo it. Um, so that sometimes I do worry about that, but, um, you know, such is life. Yeah. I mean, injury is a part of it and it usually catches up with everyone at, at some point. Um, what are you like when you get injured? Are you like mentally a train wreck and like, I'm freaking out because I can't get outside and get my miles in or what is that like for you? Um, to be honest, knock on wood, I haven't been injured since, since college. Whoa. Okay. Nice. Good. Um, so, I mean, I, we could say tapering. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a very good taper, obviously. Um, but, um, I think my anxiety levels just go up if I can't run like during taper. Um, I'm just, yeah, I just get very, very high anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And anxiety is something you've dealt with for a while, right? Yeah. I've had, I mean, I've had chronic anxiety also since I was 11. So, um, so, I mean, maybe my running obviously was an outlet for me. For sure. Um, Yeah. Um, were you diagnosed? Was it, is that an official diagnosis? Chronic, uh, anxiety? Um, I don't know if it's an official diagnosis, but I've had chronic anxiety since that age. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been diagnosed with like OCD and stuff like that, but like, that was also when I was much younger. Okay. Um, I just know that like, it's, it's a huge part of my life and it's a part of my, it's a part of my life that I don't like. And I wish I wish um, I didn't have it because I do think it limits me in many ways, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to be so negative. I mean, does it help you in any way? Is there any way that your anxiety is like fuel or like your superpower or um, it, it, is that what propels you to sort of get out the door and get all these miles in? I, yes, I do believe that. Um, Yes, I do. I mean, I think otherwise I'd probably be a lot chiller. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What what does it look like for you when you're having bad anxiety? Like what happens if I'm just throwing a completely random scenario out and maybe this has never even happened, but like what happens if you're at work and you start getting some crazy panic attack and you can't get out for a run? Like what do you do to sort of calm yourself down? Do you have any tricks or tips or what do you personally do? I either just work harder at work or I just tell myself to eat. Okay. Um, a lot, honestly, a lot of the time, if I just like stuff food in my mouth, I'll be okay. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Um, or like if it happens even outside, um, most of the time it's either, I either make it, I either have to run further or go harder mm. or I just have to like cut it and like go home. Okay. Um, okay. So. Um, and if you go home with this anxiety or a panic attack, what does that look like? Um, do you have any rituals or anything you do, like listen to music or, uh, I don't know, chant Hare Krishna or everybody's got something crazy that they do? Um, it either just gets worse and I can't sleep or, um, again, I just get din- I just eat dinner and um, the food will like help me go to sleep. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you, did you, have you ever fallen into the trap of like alcohol and drugs as a way of like self-medicating your anxiety or anything like that? Because I mean, I kind of come from that background and I, and when people don't dabble in that, 
it always kind of makes me curious, like, whoa, how did you get around that? Or um, yeah. what was it like for you? Um, no, thankfully, I think, I think my vice is running. Okay. Um, but I also, um, so I'm, I'm, I am widowed. Um, oh. And so my husband, um, part of his death was alcoholism. Whoa. Um, so I, I know, like, I've never been a big drinker, um, but it's just like, I've seen what it can do to people. Yeah. Um, so I just it's kind of just automatic for me not to even go there. Um, and I know how I am. Um, I, I, I don't mind having a beer or two. I rarely do it. I'll do it for fun. If it's like, I don't know, I'm out in the mountains and we're like, Oh, let's stop somewhere. But, um, but I know I, I really don't, I don't drink. And if I know not to drink too much because I know how I am. Um, but again, like, I think I use running as, as my, my addiction. If that sure. Yeah, totally. Um, are you willing to talk about your husband in that situation? Oh yeah, yeah. It happened a while ago, so I'm I'm an open book. Okay. Um, how long ago did this happen? He passed in 2012. Okay. How old was he at the time? He was my age now, so he was 34. He was 10 years older than me. Okay. Okay. And um, did he die of like cirrhosis of the liver, or um, what exactly was it? So to be, so he died of three things. Um, first and foremost, he did die of hepatitis C. Um, but when you have hepatitis C, um, it having one beer is like having eleven beers. Mm. And then um, I honestly didn't even know he was an alcoholic. I knew it ran in his family. His sister um, survived, but she became a vegetable from it at one point. Like she was hospitalized, became a vegetable. She survived, um, but I, I didn't know he was a closet alcoholic and I didn't know that. Whoa. So imagine being a closet alcoholic and then not knowing you had hepatitis C, like no one knew he had it. It just, um, this is, they have a cure now, but this is before they have a cure. And before then, um, you actually have to get checked for hepatitis C. It's not just something like you get done in blood work. Um, at least back then you didn't get it done in blood work. Um, right he didn't know no one knew he had it it was just like one weekend he just was sleeping a lot and he was just like any other Colorado boy around here like very active um so I was definitely alarmed by that and I called his mom and like told him told her what was going on um and she came and picked him up um and took him to the hospital and thankfully I got I was at work so thankfully I had gotten there at the hospital right before he went into a coma um, so then he was in a coma for seven days, um, and then he passed. Wow. Um, but but he, so then the third thing was a staph infection. So I think all that just like ultimately killed his liver, and they couldn't recover. Wow, wow, that's incredible. Um, you said he was a closet alcoholic. So was he like sneaking drinks behind your back, or what? What was that like? Um. Yeah. So I do remember, so I think I told you, like, remember when I said I was in South Dakota for five months, yep. other than like, I lived in Boulder, but then I was in South Dakota for five months. Sure. Um, so, so, cause we got married and then we wanted to start a family and it was either moved by my parents or moved by his parents. So we decided okay. to move by his parents. Oh, okay. Um, so we went to, we ended up living in Spearfish, um, 
And I just remember being at the hotel. We were checking out of the hotel and I remember finding candles of like um, Jägermeister behind the TV. And I didn't think about it that much at the time. Like, yeah, I just, cause I didn't know. Like I, I was 24 at the time. I was very naive about all that. Sure. Um, and I just figured, oh, he just, he just had a fun night, you know, like I didn't know, like I just, I didn't really think overthink it at all. Sure. Um, and then I do remember like when we, when we did move in, I would find, and I remember finding another handle or two of alcohol, but again, I mean, to be honest, I just, I, I didn't think about it. I didn't, I, cause he doesn't, when he was with me, he didn't drink that much. Right. So I just didn't think like he was, I didn't necessarily think he was hiding it. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I didn't know. Um, wow. I didn't realize it. And before he passed, you said he slipped into a coma for several days. So did you have any sort of closure? Were you able to talk to him and say goodbye or anything like that? Or was it just coma? Then he was gone. Um, literally like I got to the hospital where, when I like went over to his hospital bed, looked into his eyes and bam, his eyes were gone. Like, oh, holy cow. That's yeah. insane. Wow. Um, how have you dealt with all that? Has it been hard to go through? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'll admit it's taken me up until about two and a half years ago until I was okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've definitely dealt with a lot of other things since then. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm finally okay. Um, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. Um, yep. There's definitely times I'm like, I still am like, why? Why did uh -huh. this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel pretty privileged with my life right now. Like, I mean, obviously I'm not like a millionaire by means, but like I'm, I'm living the best life I think I'm, you know, that I can right at the moment. Um, and I'm very lucky, like I said, with the DTR family. And I am very particular about who I, who I become friends with. So I have, I have, I'm very happy and proud of my friend group. Um, I love my job. Um, and I, I love, I love being in the mountains. So, yeah. um, my life is obviously very different and it would have been a lot different if things, you know, definitely things, you know, didn't change, but, um, this is my life and I'm going to do my best to live it the best way I can. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a great job. Like, I mean, you're out there crushing it almost every single day. You're doing all these big races. You're staying healthy. Um, you must be doing something right. Like, and, and by the way, how do you stay healthy? Like you recover from races fast and, um, and, uh, you don't have a whole lot of taper time. Uh, like, do you eat some special diet with like just the superfoods or do you do crazy breathing techniques or yoga <laughs> or like I said, chant to Hare Krishna? Like what, what is it that you do to, to stay so healthy? How do you do this? Um, so within the last year, which is kind of when like everything with running kind of took off for me. I did, I did turn vegan. Okay. Um, and I think that did help me. Like I used to have a lot of stomach issues. Mm. I do think it helps with anxiety. Yep. Um, so as far as diet, diet goes, yeah, I, I am vegan now. Okay. Um, I think that's a huge thing. Um, is it like a I'm pretty, 
is it a pretty healthy vegan? Is it basically like a plant-based diet or do you, you know, there's a lot of vegans that are just loading up on garbage carbs, you know? No, um, I do have to say I'm pretty proud. Like every now and then I'll have some vegan chocolate chips. But other than that, um, I don't, I don't eat sweets unless it's at a race. Um, yeah, I, I, I eat pretty wholesome, um, which is, which is hard to do. It took a while. Um, it's not easy, but now I just feel like I'm in the habit. It it helps that I obviously run a restaurant that's a superfood restaurant. So I have all of that at my disposal. (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. That does help. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, stretching, yoga, cross training, anything else? I hate to say it, but I, I don't lift weights. I yeah. probably should, but I don't. Yeah. Um, I so before Coca Dona, a friend told me I should try hot yoga. Yep. Um, and so I used to be so against yoga, like thought it was so lame. I had this guy talk to me about yoga for thirty minutes, and I was like, I can't date you. This is not gonna happen. <laughs> Um, (laughs) that's funny. So, but then, um, I had a friend talk me into hot yoga and I do love it. I mean, granted, I've only done it like twice now, but I will, I'm trying to get more into that. Um, I do, I do think it's a really good thing. Um, I'm not really good at stretching. Um, I'm trying to be home for eight hours of sleep. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just... I kind of just do me. There's not much to it. Yeah. To be but most of your exercise is running or climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Yeah. A lot of people can get away with that. You know, everybody's <laughs> different, you know, it's yeah. like some people can just get out and run and climb like, and that's all they do. And they're super successful and elite athletes and other athletes have to do every single thing. Like they can't eat one single sweet and they have to stretch for at least 40 minutes every day. And, you know, they've, they've got it and I have two days of cross training at this hour and this hour and they've got it all mapped out. And, but it sounds like you're lucky there. You can just go out the door and go for it and stay healthy. I'm jealous. Yeah. I mean, again, it's kind of back to the fun factor. Like, okay, I don't want to do weights because it's not really so fun. It doesn't sound fun. I don't want to do track workout because I mean, I'm also burnt out on track workout from college, but like it doesn't sound fun. Um, I don't know. I just, I like, I just want to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I like it. And I'm, I'm not a professional athlete. So it's not like I'm like trying to like win races and I need to do this in order to do that. You know? So I think, I do think it's a lot different in that perspective. Like I'm just trying to like, as like your podcast, I'm just trying to do big things. Yep. Like I'm not trying to win anything. I just want to like go out there and have fun. So I, I just think that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what it's all about. I mean, not everybody can be super elite athletes. That's out winning every single race. You know, if 800 people start the race, only one person's going to win the rest of the people, you know, it's like, they may be running somewhat competitively, but it's like, you know, um, like, what's your why? Like, I guess that's what I'm trying to ask you. What's your why? If, uh, you know, you're not out there to, to be super elite, to win these races, you just want to go out and do them, you know? So like, what's your why? Why do I do the races? Yeah. Or anything in general? Yeah, in general. Um, because I have this, I have like this constant need to challenge myself mm. and see like, see what I can do. Like, am I limited? Am I not limited? Um, 
I mean, to be honest, I, I used to be super slow. Like I'm not that I'm fast now, but I used to be really, really slow. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I was just, yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I, I, I think ever since I did LA freeway, it really gave me the confidence that I can do stuff. Like, um, I don't, I don't know why, but like now it's just like, so one of my tattoos is if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Um, because I almost said no to doing the LA freeway or almost backed out of it several times. Like beforehand, I got so nervous and was like, why, why did Kevin pick me to do this? Like, why did he ask me? Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I have, I, have, I don't do that shit. Like right. not on a normal basis. Um, but I'm glad I did. And I, I did it. I was capable. Um, and then ever since then, I just, I just started doing things that might seem crazy and way out of my league, but why not? Like, again, you have this one life. Why not try it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. No, it's just, like okay what can i do what can i do bigger or better you know crazier yeah yeah um where does that drive come from with you um so growing up i had learning disabilities um so i sucked at school really sucked at school so i had disabilities Hmm? like what kind of learning disabilities dyslexia anything Um, No, not dyslexia. I just literally couldn't retain anything. So it didn't, it didn't matter. um, It didn't matter how, like, how much I studied. I would, I would study as much as I run. So it didn't matter how much I studied. I could study a couple, four all-nighters in a row. It didn't matter. Um, And I I still would, like, fail. Um, So that was really hard on me mentally. Um, so running became an outlet. It was like something that I was at least kind of decent at. For sure. Um, so I kind of just threw everything into that. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, my drive just became the like, okay, well, I can't, I can't do well in school. I may not become a doctor or a lawyer, but um, if I can enjoy running outside and doing what I love, then that makes up for it, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like everybody's got their thing that they're good at and everybody's got their thing that they're bad at and it's different for everybody, you know, and it sounds like you found your thing that you enjoy and that you're good at. And, uh, you know, it's something you're passionate about. So I fully support it. And, um, especially somebody with learning disabilities and, or anxiety or any sort of mental health issues, like running is so good for that you know, and it doesn't have to be running. I mean, any sort of physical exercise where you're sweating a lot. Um, it, it's just so good for, um, sort of taming the brain, you know, and it sounds like you figured that out a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Good, good. Good for you. You approach your running and getting outside. Um, you seem really fearless, right? Like you'll just sign up for a race that you're not ready for, but I'm going to go and do it anyways. Like, what scares you? Is there any races or any adventures or anything that scares you? Um, I am scared to run with people faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like going on a group run, like, like, for example, um, I just started running with RMR and I was like, I was literally terrified to run with them, <laughs> but it ended up fine and I can keep up and it's all, it's all good. Yeah. Um, but like, I get invited to do things and I, and like in my head, they're like way faster than me, 
True. And that's what holds me back. And I almost want to say no, because I'm just scared that I can't keep up. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. Um, side note, if you do decide to come up Long's Peak with us, I don't think we're going to be going very fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, so it's what we're 8,000 Boulder and we're going up to 14,000. So that's 6,000 feet or something like that. So, um, you know, it'll be a, a fairly slow hike. And this buddy of mine that that's coming with, if this all comes together is from Wisconsin as well. So he's like living at sea level. So he's worried about slowing me down too. And I was like, dude, don't even worry about it. Like if nothing else, we can try and stick together most of the way up and then maybe go our own paces on the way down or, you know, whatever, we'll just wing it. So, yeah. so if you're, if you have any worries about us being too fast, um, it's probably not going to be at, at that particular <laughs> adventure. <laughs> um, do you have like a favorite piece of running gear that you can't live without? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if this counts, but my phone because I use Gaia and yeah. I'm like a little kid in a candy shop. Like when I'm out running and like doing a route and then I can like, you see all these social trails yep. and you're like, where does that go? Where does this go? And like, I'll stop and look at my Gaia and I'm like, Oh, and like find new routes and find new ways to get places and like find link ups or connections. Yep. Um, is that, is that, a, is that a good totally answer? that works no <laughs> Gaia Gaia totally works it's awesome people love it um, yeah. no that's a good one what is your dream adventure do you have any big ones that are brewing in the back of your head like maybe some someday like five years down the road I think I really really want to do this one um I have two two right now um that won't happen for probably another, at least another year, okay. but, um, I want to do the entire gore range traverse. Some like the entire range. Um, I, no one apparently has done it by foot on record, but Anton Kripnik, I cannot pronounce his name. Sorry. Anton. <laughs> um, he has done it by ski. Um, but I don't believe anyone's done it by foot. Um, so that's kind of, and it's got LA freeway stats. It's about maybe a little bit more mileage wise. It's got the same like, um, uh, elevation gain. Um, it's definitely way more technical, yep. but that's what like gets me really excited. Yep. Um, so I just need to like, I need to definitely, um, scout and stuff like that. Um, but, and then also I want to do the tour de giants, oh, um, nice. not this year, but I'll probably, I'm going to go for it next year. Okay. Um, but I mean, there's tons of things to do. There's so many things to do, but those are probably like the big, big things. That cool. I can handle yeah. In my head. Yeah. I mean, you could live in Colorado forever and explore your entire life and still not see it all. You know, yeah. it's endless. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, if you could go back to your 15 year old self and tell yourself, give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? That's a good question. Um, I would tell myself to, I would say, Laura, you do you. Um, don't worry about having a learning disability and you can do anything you set your mind to, even if it, even if it involves school. Um, one of my regrets, I mean, obviously everything that's happened in my life has brought me to Boulder, but um, if, I would love to like, I would, I would love to go back and like, if I could redo school, I would, I would really do that. But okay. um, 
if I could tell my 15 year old self to not pick a school based upon how much money you're going to get, um, to pick a school based upon something you actually want to study. Mm. Um, I think that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. 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 That's an important one. Um, and, uh, be kind to yourself. I think that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. I would tell myself like, hey, like buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride, <laughs> but be kind to yourself. You know, um, do you have any more races on the calendar? You just did two big ones. Are you going to yeah. kick the year off? Right. What's coming <laughs> but, up this summer? Um, I'm signed up for the divide hundred miler. Um, okay. it's got guy loves, um, yeah. but that's not till August. And then um, I think I want to sign up for I am tough because I think they still have spots. Oh. Honestly, selfishly, just because I want the hard rock qualifier, because um, I'm not sure how I haven't looked into to seeing how like since hard rock was canceled the past two years, like how our tickets are gonna roll over, you know? Right, right. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, obviously, ultimately, I'd love to get into hard rock, but yep. I need to keep qualifying every year for that. Yep. Um. But other than that, I'm actually pacing a lot. Cool. Um, so, um, so yeah, I have a very, very busy summer and fall for sure. Yeah, me too. I'm doing a bunch of pacing. Um, yeah. do, you do you always run with pacers? No. Okay. Um, no, I don't. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about having a pacer or, or, or what's your favorite thing to do while you're pacing somebody? Um, thing that I enjoy the most about a pacer is, this is a weird answer, but I like that they get to see me at my rawest, you know, okay. like when yeah. I'm in raw form. Yeah. Um, cause I just think it's hilarious and then they get entertainment, you know, free entertainment. I'm providing free entertainment here. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> and then, um, for me, when I'm pacing, um, I just enjoy making, making my runners laugh and distracting them. Cause that's what I'm there for. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I can do a good job doing that then you know, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good pacer. If you can keep your runner laughing, um, those miles will eventually keep clicking off. So that's yeah. a good one right there. Um, are you going to be at the Leadville marathon next weekend by chance? Uh, no, not the marathon, but I will be at the hundred miler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll be at the hundred mile too. We're pacing a bunch of people out there. So oh, cool. you're just pacing, right? Yeah. So I'm so excited. I, so this girl that I met from Coco Donut just asked me to pace her Oh, cool. she's known for the big buckle. So I'm stoked. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it crazy how you just meet people and then it's like, Hey, will you come pace me at this race? And next thing you know, you're best friends. And, yeah. you know, I mean, if you go pace someone at a ra at a hundred mile race, and like you said, you kind of see them at their rawest, you guys are going to be friends forever, oh, like yeah. 10, 20 years down the road, whether you know it or not, you know, you're still going to have that moment that you guys shared together. You're going to know each other on an intimate level. And uh, it's one of the coolest things about ultra running and, and pacing. Um, I, I love pacing. I love helping people out. And, and one of my favorite things to do is just sit at the Leadville finish and watch people finish. It's like, 
it's yeah. so emotional for some people. Some people are crying. Some people are just barely crawling. Some people are just so pumped. Like I'll sit there with shades on and get like all teared up sitting there watching people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've never been to Leadville. Um, I'm pacing at Hard Rock too. So I'm super cool. stoked for that. And I've been to Hard Rock and it's everyone has to go. It's, it's quite, it's an experience that I, all, I mean, I, I will I'll never forget. So I'm yeah. super stoked to be there again. 100%. Yeah. Awesome, Laura. Um, did I catch you in the middle of your runs? Do you have to go do a couple more Sunita slaps tonight? No, I got it done beforehand. Actually. Got it done. Okay, yeah. nice. I like it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> what, what do you got coming up for the rest of the week? Are you going to be crushing more miles? What are you up to? Do you have plans? Um, yeah, I'm hoping to go up to the high country this weekend. Um, nice. So I went high... I did some big runs last weekend, but it was so hot. So hot. And even up high, I, mean, I did a 13er and it was still hot. Yep. So um, I'm hoping to be, to get pretty high this weekend. Um, and yeah, just be with, be with my friends and um, keep enjoying the mountains. Nice. You're living the dream life. That's it right there. Hanging with friends and doing it in the mountains. That's it right there. Right? Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, again, I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. I'm sorry about last time. Oh, don't don't sweat it. I'm glad we we could make it work. So this is this is all good, and I really appreciate it. So, um, do you um have a website or Instagram or anything that people can follow you on? I think you just joined Instagram. I did. Okay. <laughs> do you know what your Instagram? Okay. I'm on, I definitely, I'm a big Strava person because I like the stock okay. people. Uh, um, I'd have to look up what my Instagram handle is because that's how new it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I've posted like three things. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I can look that up if you need me to, but um, no, no yeah, I'm new to Instagram. <laughs> okay. So getting um, out there, you gotta, yeah, I, Welcome to the um, 2000s. You know, you're finally on Instagram. Good job. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, find her on Strava. She's blowing up Strava. Um, that's that sounds like your spot. So, um, well, cool. This has been awesome, Laura. You're um, inspiring. I mean, I don't know how you do it. Like, I'm an ultra runner. I'm outside quite a bit. I'm doing all kinds of stuff, but you're out there just crushing. So hats off to you. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's an inspiration to see people out there just killing it. And, and you know what, it, it's cool to see people killing it at a really fast pace, but it's even cooler to see people that are out there killing it that aren't winning races and they don't care about that. They're, they're not signing up for Coca Dona to win the thing. They're signing up for the adventure, you know? And uh, yeah. that's what I like about you is you're out there crushing it doing big miles every week and this isn't your job. You know, this is just something you're passionate about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To me, that's cool. Well, thanks for having me and like being interested in little old me. So oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think your story is going to be cool. It's going to inspire some people and, and people want to hear from the nosebleed girl. <laughs> like what's her story? Where does she come from? So now everyone's yeah. going to know. So I love it. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, let's chat about uh, Long's Peak for sure, because I'm totally in. So. Okay, cool. Um, July 8th, put the date in your calendar. So if you can okay. get off work that Friday, that's something I still have to finagle at this point. But um, I, I'm guessing we'll start late July 8th, like maybe, I don't know, 8, 10 p.m. And then uh, 
you know, we'll be at longs in the daytime. We'll do up and down longs and then run home. So, you know, just another easy day, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I can talk, contact you, but I can also get beta from Paul if you want. Oh, yeah. Paul Boogie too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whatever you can get, help us out. Should be fun. It'll be an adventure. Yeah. Killer. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Laura. Have a great uh, rest of your night. And uh, thank you again for doing this. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And thanks to Laura for coming on the show. Um, thanks for the inspiration, Laura. I just dig uh, people who are out there grinding. She's out there running big miles week after week, you know, and not because it's how she makes a living. She's not a professional athlete. She's just out there for the love of running. And that's inspiring to me. I love that stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. Are you thinking about your first 5K marathon or ultra marathon? Big Things Crewing is here for you. We started this company in 2019 with the goal of helping people achieve their dreams. We offer coaching programs and training plans from beginner to elite, as well as offer crewing and pacing for ultramarathon runners. I love the sport of ultramarathon, and I love seeing people cross that finish line. It excites me. And if we can be a small part of your story, it would feed our soul in a big way. We know how to get you to rally and get you into that finish line. We want to help. We want you to do big things. Beth, tell me what you think of this um, for, for a, a, a big things crewing slogan. We get butts across finish lines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it came to me uh, this last weekend. Does that, does that sound like something we could put on our website? We could with the do big things. Yeah. <laughs> We get butts across finish lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you're right. kind of rolling your eyes as you say, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't like it as much as I do. I got to sit with this a little bit. Okay. See if it sounds. That's what we do. We get butts across finish lines. Look us up, big-things-crewing.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please, please, you guys, write us a review or share it on social media. It helps us to be seen among all the other podcasts out there. These conversations are also on YouTube. Head on over there and subscribe as well. Find us on the social media platforms as Big Things Crewing. And as always, our website, big-things-crewing.com. And we want to say thank you to our new sponsor, Exoskin. The best running apparel from hats and socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, and no odor. Check them out. Use the discount code BTC for 20% off. We want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code there is McRobertsA20. We're hooking you guys up with a discount on the best non-alcoholic beer around. And last, we also want to thank Will and On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, look up On Pace Wellness and mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Don't forget we're on Patreon. Uh, it's Patreon slash, uh, patreon.com slash do big things. Check us out. Um, exclusive content, B-sides, um, that's where all the good stuff is. So donate a buck or two 
and it helps to keep this podcast alive. I appreciate you guys. Remember, life is short. Do, Do big, big things, things baby. baby. Pedro, take us for a round, buddy. Thank you.